This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back listening to Militantly Mixed. Main Hustle Media podcasts are recorded on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, Tongva, Karankwa, and Hohokam people. And I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Militantly Mixed podcast. The podcast about race and identity. It's been a minute. The podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Sir Auntie Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blazing Blurred, the busiest mixed race by gendered bisexual polyamorous atheist comic book nerd cat mom and two time Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award winning podcaster in this podcasting game. And we are back from hiatus in a big way for another episode of the Mixed Auntie Confidential number seven with Auntie Teresa Stovall. Hey, hey, hey. How y'all doing? <laughs> uh, and today I, I wanted to talk about something that happens to me and has happened to me pretty much from the day I released the first episode of Militantly Mixed four and a half years ago or four years ago and some change. Um, people ask me for permission to be mixed or to identify as a mixed person. And um, recently I've gotten not as many as I used to, but I've gotten a couple people reach out to me recently, giving me scenarios about their ethnic background and their cultural heritage and whether or not that counts in quotation fingers uh, counts as being mixed. And so of course I had to put this question to Auntie Teresa so we can get into it a little bit because one thing for me to talk about it like solo to the ether which I have I have I've addressed this on the show before but usually solo um so I want to get into it about this this concept of needing an outsider to grant you permission to identify as mixed so This Okay, so this hasn't been part of my experience. This is not something I've encountered. So my first question, Auntie Maine, is what are the actual racial ethnic backgrounds of the folks asking you this? Do they vary or? They vary, yeah. So I'll say like the first year of doing the show, um, I, I had surprisingly had a a kind of heavily white woman audience. I didn't expect to have a heavily white woman audience. This was 2018. So it, it's, it's pre um, pandemic. It's pre the George Floyd uprisings. It's, it, you know, stuff is happening and people are having issues, but at this time there were no mixed race podcasts active. There had been a number of dead podcasts, like people that had started a podcast and maybe went four to six episodes and then it just died. So by the time I started Militantly Mixed, there hadn't been a recent episode in at least a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was something very, like, I, I was looking, because I was looking for the, my tribe. I wasn't planning on being the Mixed Race podcaster. I was looking for somebody who was already doing that. And nobody was actively doing it. 
So I released my first two episodes on July 5th, 2018. And within a week, I had gotten a number of emails from white women who either had mixed children or like maybe they were um, a quarter something else and predominantly white and grew up predominantly white. And they were wondering if that counted. Do they get to claim being mixed? And I'll say that um, the way I talk about that now is probably a lot different than the way I talked about it back then because I've learned a lot. I've had a lot more conversations, a lot more growth. At this point, I've, I've either interviewed and or had discussions with a, a, no less than 200 people for the show itself. Um, forget about like all the conversations that I have out in the world. So at the time, I'm not 100% sure how I address it, except for being like, well, like ethnically, yeah, but like, no, you know, like, I think that's how I would say it back then, like, especially, especially to a white presenting person. Um, I would, you know, I, I didn't have as, as nuanced a language as I have now, but I think the questions I was trying to ask back then are not much different than the questions I ask now. Um, what is the cultural heritage that you're currently or, you know, were you brought up in? Did you have access to the culture of whatever that other in your life was? And I do that in quotation fingers also. Um, and then over time, it just kind of gravitated. So in the beginning, it was a lot of like white, white appearing, white presumed people who were either partially Asian or partially black or partially Latina. And they grew up mostly white. Uh, and so I had my episode, I forget what number it was, um, uh, maybe episode 11 or something like that. It was uh, white passing. Can I even claim to be mixed? Do I, you know, is, is the title of that. And that was with someone I went to high school with who I actually didn't really know in high school. I knew of them, but I didn't really know them. But I had connected with them after I started the show. And so we got on on because uh, this person was was uh, their mother was Peruvian. Their father was white. They were very white skinned, red headed. And honestly, until she told me she was Peruvian, I never noticed that she does have like a Latin look to her, but she's just very, very white. I mean, uh, as white as they come, <laughs> you know, almost, almost blue, you know, when they're, when they're so, so pale, they're almost blue. Uh, and, and so she talked about like how at home they were Peruvian, you know, they Peruvian food and they had their aunties around and all this other kind of stuff. And so they had access to Peruvian culture, but because the outward appearance was so white, um, that's how they maneuvered. And I was like, so yeah, like I, 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 I was, I wanted them to have that permission, I guess, to be able to be their mixed ass self. And that is actually the origin of be your mixed ass self. So while she is talking on the show, I'm feeling bad about the fact that she doesn't feel like she has access to claim her whole self. And so I, I think I kind of yell it at her a little bit where I'm like, no, 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 like be your mixed ass self. And it was more of just like, I probably wouldn't even have thought of this like before I started the show, but in hearing her describe how Peruvian at home she was and how white she was out in the world uh, and how much I could tell in her voice, it pained her to not be able to exist in both cultures outwardly. I, that's, I shouted it out to her. And then I remember going, Ooh, that's good. And like writing it down. And that is the origin of be your mix that So that's like where it comes from. And then from there over time, I would get a lot of emails from, you know, especially white mothers of mixed black children, um, asking, you know, like, uh, do they get do the kids get to claim white and I was like what do they look like you know because that, that's the other part of this is like so when we ask this very complicated question 
can I claim being mixed? I say, I can't tell you, but here are some criteria to help you make your own decision. And, um, and then I list out these, these things. Do you have multiple ethnic heritages? In that case, yes, you are ethnically mixed. I go, but, but in claiming mixed, there's, that's, that's a different connotation. When you say I'm mixed, you're talking about a, 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 her, a, a ethnic heritage and a cultural heritage, you know, and maneuvering, how you maneuver in the world, how you're perceived. So if I say I'm mixed, that's clearer. But for someone like my friend Gretchen, who was on that episode, um, it was it was less clear. So I've, I've determined over some time that at first you could be ethnically mixed. You could be culturally mixed. You could be like understood as mixed. And I think that's a different thing than than what these people are asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it started happening with a lot of Asians white Asians that it, it, I swear everything happens in clusters. So it's like, it's a whole bunch of mixed white people or white people, white presenting mixed people, and then uh, ethnically mixed people. And then it became like very specific white Asians. And the reason why I say that's so specific is because a white Asian to me looks white and Asian, you know, in most cases, like mm-hmm. I can identify that they are an Asian that has white in them. Um, but other people will view those people as just white. And I will be so confused by that because I'll be like, but I'm looking at an Asian person, clearly. They're, you know, just pale with bigger eyes or something. So then it was starting with the Asian. So I'd get a lot of Asians emailing me. And then occasionally, very, very occasionally, I would get a mixed black person who grew up white, grew up with their white family, didn't know their black family, basically realized late in the game that they maneuvered as a white person until something happened to them that made them realize other people thought they were black. And that's, that's the, that's the rarer of the questions that I've received or the permission asking that I would receive. Although it did happen. Um, There's also an episode that I, that triggers me because a person was trying to convince me to say that I also thought it was a bad thing to be black and um, in Twitter form. Yeah. I, I I might still have the, I might still have the tweets uh, or the tweet messages, but I ended up recording an episode because it pissed me off so much. <laughs> I was like, you do not come to me. <laughs> so right. um, I was like, self-hate is not okay. And uh, and so that was that was sort of the last time there was like a, a black mixed person who grew up predominantly white that was happening. Like I, it's been on the show. There's been Olivia from Ohio's a, a guest on the show. She had that experience. There's like a, a B from, from Northern California. She had that experience. There's like a number of people have been on the show who have had this kind of thing. And in talking to me, they were validated in their mixedness inadvertently because I was a mixed person doing a mixed thing. And I was just a person that not granted them permission, but in conversation made them feel like, Oh, okay. They, they can decide their identity. Uh, recently, I've received a, a message, and I I should have reached out to this. By the time this airs, I will have reached out to this person, let them know. <laughs> but I didn't before we recorded. I, I just got off a plane. That's fine. Um, there's a person that uh, is has messaged me that is predominantly black. I believe they have a non-black grandparent, and they're wondering. I think what's happening for them is that they're not coding in quotations as all the way black to people that in, in like behavior and stereotypes kind of a way that it's making them ask, can they claim mixed or why are they not being seen as mixed? 
because they appear more obviously black. Um, so that's when I put those questions to him too. Are you ethnically mixed first? Are you culturally mixed? How do you maneuver at home and with the people in your community? And then when you're walking down the street, how do people treat you? These are the ways you kind of determine to me, I think that you would determine it, but I always try to make sure I say, I'm not the person who can tell you this. So I think this is why this is such, and I know that was a very long way to describe this, but this is, um, a really good conversation, I think, for for you and I both to have as mixed aunties, because um, we come from a time where we were just black, even though we looked the way we look. Yes. And now the young ones don't have that. Exactly. So it's it's weird to talk to people younger than us. Um, where like. So like there's the problematic, which we talked about before, there's the problematic one, one drop rule, right? Which is what white supremacy created and, and what we based a whole bunch on. And then there was like the inclusive one drop rule that black people did, mm -hmm. which obviously is born out of trauma, but just becomes a, a thing. And so like for me, it was like, you got a black dad, you're black. Yeah. And I just accepted that my whole life because that that told me that somebody wanted me. And the young generation, the younger generation from me does not agree with that does not have that experience and finds it erasing mm. so with all mm. of those things this is why i wanted to talk about that with the combination of you and i being aunties that come from a time when we were just black even though we present ambiguously sometimes um and just being content creators or people that do work in mixed spaces, mm -hmm. that someone is going to view us as some sort of authority, whether we technically deserve it or not. Like, literally, I'm an authority because I'm a mixed person who right. put press record. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not like I'm 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 not certified. <laughs> we can certify ourselves. But we're, no, pro we're professionally mixed, but not certified to tell you if you are mixed necessarily. That being said, we can have a very nuanced conversation about it and maybe yes. get there. Yes, 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 yes. So I took some notes because I like your breakdown. Um, are you, and here's what I got in so ancestral multiple ethnic heritages. What are your experiences? Mm -hmm. Also, and I'll come back to that mixed experience. Um, what cultural heritage or heritages mm -hmm. were you brought up in? And we also know both with third culture kids and just with people of many races in general, often the, the cultural, racial, ethnic, national cultures that your environments that you're brought in, up in might not be a reflective of your actual DNA. Or your actual family. exactly right. So that's yeah. another layer of so there's there are multiple layers of obviously of complexity. Then you've got what I like that you said is how do you maneuver? Mm -hmm. How are you perceived? Right? How do you? Mm -hmm. I think all those things mm -hmm. play into not just permission to be mixed. I think all those things play into mixed identity. Period. Right. Even for for people who aren't seeking permission. I think mixed identity is so complex, so nuanced and so multi-layered. And I think that that's why it's um, it can be perplexing, problematic, mm -hmm. or just sometimes confusing for all kinds of people, mm -hmm. especially 
in the United States, in the Western world, but in the United States where everything is built on the foundation of this binary. Yeah. And everything is built on a black, white binary. Everything functions on a black, white binary today, as much as in 1619. And all of these things have to be taken into account. So I really think that, that that's the essential almost kind of um, rubric. Right. That we want to, that we want to look at that, that you're right. First of all, I can't give anybody permission. You can't give anybody permission I think BU makes that self. I love how you told that's me. That's as that's as much permission as I can grant, right? Like it is me telling you to be you and whatever People that means to you. Yeah, you can't. We can't. I mean, nobody, nobody can do that. You know, that's my militant position is mm-hmm. you know, you got to you, your identity journey is your journey. Take responsibility and try to get some agency up in there. hundred percent. Um, and yeah. it's hard because the world is not trying to grant you agency and the world's gonna fight you on getting agency, but that's another conversation. Yeah. So this, yeah, this- that's actually a good point. And may, let's put a pin in that one for a future thing, because I'm finding things now that like I've been black most of my life and I'm only discovering later in life, you know, like leaving Long Beach and going into a white suburb is what taught me that I was ambiguous in my presentation and that I didn't look black to everybody else. Then I've maneuvered as a mixed person for a very long time. But now I'm maneuvering as a person who identifies predominantly black. And literally, the reason why I say weekend Japanese is kind of a joke is because when I really think about it, besides the culture I had at home, I don't maneuver Japanese. I can't be out in the world being Japanese. I can be out in the world being black. But now I'm dealing with this younger generation that needs to qualify your blackness where I I didn't grow up that way. So as a a middle-aged person, I am now trying to justify why I have the audacity <laughs> to, claim, the audacity to, claim, blackness? to so, claim blackness versus just being mixed. But then if what? I just claim mixed, it's like, why, why aren't you happy with being black? And it's like, bro, listen, I'm not going to so do that, this. That, thank you for bringing that up. That in my experience, I'm the boomer, I'm the elder in my experience. Um, that, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, that 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 gatekeeping and that that really um, detailed picking apart of identity mm-hmm. is brand new in the history of the United brand States. New. I think it's really essential to give context. It's brand new, so yeah. people can look at me if, or not. But I, you know, I just code ambiguous. I code ambiguous. To everybody, everywhere, no matter what. The funny thing is, is I see a black woman who's just real light skin. Like I, that's well, all I see. Do. And a lot of people do. I've had black yes. people argue with me, you're not mixed. So yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. I, I code, I can't ever like I, my joke is uh, the only place on the planet I know exactly how I'm gonna code is the US airport with TSA. You know okay. what I'm saying? Other than that, I <laughs> no no human who I encounter do I have any way to predict how they're gonna you know yeah. perceive me. But anyway, yeah. so I call it ambiguous. But I grew up in a black mixed black and some and with a lot of Asian influence because I'm from Seattle, Washington. I grew up in the pre gentrified hood, the red line hood of mm-hmm. Seattle, Washington, which no longer exists thanks to gentrification, just like in most major U.S. cities. Right. Okay. So, but. So I grew up in an environment where there were a lot of mixed people. There were a lot of black people. There were also mm-hmm. Asian people. There weren't really any Latins um, in close proximity in any kind of numbers. 
but um, there was an awareness. There was a kind of aware peripheral awareness. But anyway, so I want to talk a little bit about the presumptive blackness we grew up with. We grew up in obviously two very different times, and um, but both West Coast, which is important. Mm-hmm. But presumptive blackness for me, and it's important to look at it historically, not so much through a personal lens. Like you said, some of it evolved out of trauma, but some of it also just evolved out of necessity. I think it's also really critical, especially for the younger folks. We have been out of enslavement in the United States less time than we were in it. Exactly. And we have really been out of it for a minute. Mm-hmm. In the, in, if you look at time and arcs of time and spans of time, we've only been, I mean, my great grandfather was born into slavery. Yeah. Okay. So that's not a lot of generations. That's not a lot of distance. And so the presumptive blackness I grew up with, but yes. And so when people say one drop, it, it's, it was very new to me coming into these mixed spaces a few years ago and seeing and hearing and experiencing one drop being referred to in any kind of negative pejorative way. Right. Same. You described all it was, was, oh yeah, you black. Oh yeah. yeah you oh yeah. You black. If you have and one it, drop, you black. People, people were not gatekeeping. They were not parsing you out. They were not slicing up a, us up into fractions mm-hmm. because experientially, remember I grew up during segregation. I did grow up in yeah. the South, but I grew up during segregation. I grew up before blacks had voting rights. I grew up, I was born the year of Brown versus board. If you don't know what that is, look it up. I, you know, all of those things were happening. I grew, mm-hmm. I was almost an adult when interracial marriage became legal throughout the United States. So again, grew up with you black, you black. Yeah. And, but now not all the mixed people I grew up with code black or are as have the allegiance to blackness that I do. Mine is organic. I was born with it. It wasn't a decision or anything like that, but, and that's okay too. But the black community as long as it depended somewhat on how you presented, mm-hmm. not physically. I'm not talking about physically. Yeah, it was more the vibes. The young people now are like, well, not all, not everybody. They're like, you know, not all light-skinned people. Are like, but we grew up with that. First of all, in segregation, here's the important thing. White people were not making a distinction. Right. I would argue today that white people still don't make a distinction. Not really. Not when the ish comes down. Right. Exactly. They're not making a distinction. If you brown or black, you brown or black. In other words, if you're not white, you're not white. Okay? Yeah. Because so the thing was, like, you didn't look at a light-skinned person back back then, like my time or your time. You didn't look at a light-skinned person and go, I bet they're biracial. No. You look at a light-skinned person no. and think they're black. Yeah. And then if they happened to surface with a white mom or something like that, you'd be like, oh, okay. But you, but you still didn't think they weren't black. Like, no, and I know what... women, I know full black people who look like me. Right. Let that's us what I'm saying. Clear. Listeners, full black people, two black parents, four black, black grandparents, eight black, black great grandparents. Okay. So Pete, we were not like the, watching what the young people do now. I understand it, but I also see some dangers, but we'll talk about that. I see some, I see, I see um, some potential potholes. Mm-hmm. I see some potential problems with it, with the way they're slicing and dicing themselves and everybody else, you know, but anyway, so for permission, let's go back to that. So presump- you and I grew up with presumptive blackness, which now mm-hmm. is not granted in the same way. However, with some of these mixed black people, whatever else they're mixed with, 
when while some people are wanting to gatekeep them or they're gatekeeping themselves as a you know as a preemptive strike um if they're in touch with black family members then black family members many black family members are still yeah were you black yeah and and that also for me and i think it's true for you too charmaine i am mixed and i am black those two things have never been separate they've never been in opposition right. to each they're other always yeah I am the synthesis of everything that I am. You are the synthesis of everything. You can't pick one part of me and put it aside. Right. Okay. I've always been mixed and I've always been black and I've always known that I'm both. And for me, it's just all, I'm a mixed black person. That's what it is. Yeah. And so I think that, so if some, so let's get to this, um, this person who's got, I wrote it down. So it seems like you were getting questions first from, mostly white people and now from this black person the three quarter one quarter mm-hmm. right three quarter one quarter in other words what you call count your grandparents crouch grandparents yeah count your grandparents so i have a son and daughter they're grown they're millennials who have three black grandparents and a bubby a jewish grandmother my late mm-hmm. mother okay so growing up they were raised to be black now they are light-skinned mm-hmm. my son has light eyes and they are Every bit as ambiguous looking as I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all light skinned and ambiguous looking, but they were raised, you're black, you're light skinned, you're ambiguous looking. Okay. But they were also know other people, including in their father's side of the family, who are also very light skinned. Many have light eyes. Um, and they grew up with me trying to normalize like black people come in all colors, which I know is not popular now. And um <laughs> And, and ambiguous, well, we're ambiguous looking and here's why. And that's probably what I brought to the table. And, you know, sorry about that. But <laughs> so, as my, and they're both writers. My daughter wrote a really moving piece about how she's perceived by people, men and specifically. And she says in the beginning of the piece, something like, since most people presume she's biracial, she codes as biracial. So most people look at my kids and think they're mixed. And then they got to go, no, I'm black, but I got a mixed mom. And she just wrote yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, I was going to ask that question, but that's interesting that that's how they describe it. I mean, but uh, that, but I mean, but that's, that's just a different generation version of my thing, which was I'm black, but I got a Japanese mom. Right. And I look like this, but right, right, right. right. That's right. how I was brought up. That's, that's how I understood to describe myself. But that's, you know, the thing about those of us, you know, I just wanted to detour to say this. I think it's important because uh, you and I talk about it all the time, whether we're talking directly about it or indirectly, the thing about those of us who are who the world puts in positions to have to explain ourselves all the effing time mm-hmm. is that I think it is simply human nature and a survival mechanism for us to constantly seek shortcuts mm-hmm. <laughs> in how yeah. to describe and define ourselves so that the wor- so that whoever we're we're interacting with can deal with us. Right. We have to do the work so other people can deal can with it. feel us. comfortable, yeah. Can I ask you a question real fast? Because I don't think I've asked this question of you. Yeah. Racially, do you identify differently than ethnically? Like you, Teresa, yourself? I don't know if I have an ethnic. Is Jewish ethnic? <laughs> yeah, well, so like your ethnic heritage, like, so for me, I will tell people, well, I'm ethnically Black, Japanese, and British, white British, right? Um, and Appalachian white, but that's, I don't know any of those people. Um, but like racially, I say, I don't have a race because I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't have, I'm not black. I'm not white. I'm not 
Asian. I you know you. what I'm saying? Uh, so, so when I tell people I'm black and sometimes that's all I say, you know, especially living here in the South, like literally I don't have to even say it necessarily. Cause I look like everybody's Creole auntie. Right. Yes. Um, so, uh, and then people will say, or, or if they're detecting too much lightness in me, they'll say, I heard some flavor in your voice and I was wondering what yep. your deal is. And so that's when I'll say I'm black, but I got a Japanese mom. To this yep. day, 44 years old, still describe myself as black first with yes. a Japanese mom, right? But you, and then uh, politically, I describe myself as black also. And mm -hmm. that was more of a thing that kind of crystallized after talking to Dr. Yaba Blaze. Like, oh yeah, politically yes, is a different identity as well. So for you, like, I know that you identify heavily with your blackness as well and that we're so kindred in that way. But do you, do you view yourself as being black? racially also yes yeah so that would make the, sense from the way you look versus the way i look i think yeah i just yes and for me they're all races and i still i struggle so you can educate oh the difference between ethnicity and race, race, race and ethnicity i swear to god i struggle with that all the time i see it and i'm like because <laughs> it's not because here's the thing people don't use those terms, apply those terms or those concepts in any kind of consistent way. Oh, no. It's like you try to stick it to phenotype, but e again, with phenotype, what, what am is I? Phenotype? Like when people say, you know, there's a lot of mixed people, you know, this is popular. Mm. You are what the world sees you as. I'm like, excuse me? No, I'm not. Yeah, because then because tomorrow you're looking. Korean and yesterday right. you were black and yeah, right. exactly. Right. I if if I was coded racially as what the world sees me, I would literally be completely schizophrenic. From so, every time a person saw you, yeah. yeah I still I laugh that someone thought you were Korean. Like I know you oh, told me the story like a year or two ago, but it still makes me laugh. I get Asian <laughs> all the time. I get Samoan. I get about it. Anyway, so all I get I'm trying to think if there's anything I haven't been. Just no. Not of the major groups that are on any US form. Mm -hmm. There isn't anything I'm not taken to be often. The okay. most recent exchange that I had, I was at a, a birthday party for um, a person that knows my husband. I'll try to make it real vague in case they happen to Google. <laughs> and, um, and one of the people was black and their partner was white. And the black person is the one who couldn't figure out what I was. And that was weird because that doesn't happen. That being said, I wore a mask. I was the only person, well, Tristan was also, but I was the only person wearing a mask in the house the entire time. So of course, when I wear my mask, my blackness does kind of disappear a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when he asked me what I was, after hearing me describe a situation which I explained being black and Japanese, he said, so you're some kind of Latin? Right. And I said, no. I'm black with a Japanese mom, you know, like I'm black, I'm mixed black, a black mixed Asian, whatever. And he goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I heard the flavor in your voice and I, I was kind of wondering, but like, and also like you live in the third, but then like you're with Tristan and then I can't, you know, I don't know what he, you know, he's white and I'm like, he's Arabic. And he's like, Oh, I didn't even know that. Uh, so it was this whole thing of just like, even from a black, but, but it made sense what he said next to me based off of who he was married to is he said oh yeah and you got that good hair and i said no i don't 
<laughs> of course, I she's instantly said, "No, I don't." I said, right. "I hate that." And I go, and I what I wanted to say, but I didn't say because this is you know social group of Tristan. You know, he's got to go around these people, and I don't. It, I wanted to say how toxic that was, and how you know because you're married to a white person, and blah 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 blah. You probably think it's okay to be like that, but it's not. Um, not putting the onus on the white wife, but putting the onus on the black person who is with a white partner and doesn't seem to engage in blackness, maybe. Um, so what I said is no, I have Asian textured hair. Good for you. Full stop. That's where I leave it at. And it took me so many fucking years to learn how to do that because I've been fighting the good hair thing forever. Cause I always would say, no, I don't have what you're saying. When you say the good hair, I don't have that. I don't have like, but wait a minute. 3A but, okay, or 3B wait, wait. Hair. Good hair just means comable. Wash, wash it, and go. It, it mean, it, it, good hair just means it's not coated as black hair. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But what the way I always understood it, like growing up, was that it was the wash and go hair. It was the people who could just take well, a shower. It's not, it's not that specific. I mean, it's it's specific. I, I got you, but I grew up with the two. One day, we, let's do an episode on good let's hair. Let's do it. Yeah, let's talk yeah, about the good that. hair. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. I promise, because I could talk for years. Because to me, and again, this goes back to like me being raised so black and, and me honestly having like a beauty complex because the women I grew up around were all black women, all dark skin, all mostly wore their natural natural hair. There's some people who would do presses and stuff like that, whatever, relaxes. Relaxes were big in the 80s. Yeah. Um, most people, most of the women I saw were dark skinned women with natural hair. And I wasn't that. And so I thought I couldn't be beautiful because I didn't look like these women that I grew up around. So for me, my environment told me dark skinned black woman with natural hair is the pinnacle of beauty. And right. I will not be that. So when right. someone said to me, like, th let's say 13, 14 year old Charmaine, you got the good hair. I would say, I don't have what you're describing because what you're describing is mixed you, hair. No, no, it's not. They're not describing mixed but hair. But they were. It, where I grew up, they were talking about 3A hair, 3B hair. Okay, but 3A and 3B didn't exist then. Like, Well, yeah, they weren't saying, they didn't have the codes back then, right? I got like, you. But in general, I mean, the whole again, the whole history, it just means hair that doesn't have to be, that can and like I just literally I like have Asian it's textured hair. Grows, hair. It's hair like, that grows down. It's hair that grows down instead of up. That's it. And and the funny yeah, thing is, if they caught me, if they caught me post head shave, they'd be like, "Oh, you got Asian hair." But the second my hair turned down, because you know Asian hair grows up straight until it gets too heavy. Right. But they're not going to coat it as a the in the black context. Nobody's going to go. You have Asian hair. No. Okay. Yeah. Because yes, I know, but I got you. But but yeah. so but let's go back to permission to be mixed from this person. This yeah, sorry, I, I, I divulged. But the okay. whole thing was like that it's way okay. of like how so a black do we know what race work. slash ethnicity her non-black grandparent is? I I don't. Um, okay. Okay. May, may, maybe they mentioned it, but and this is one of a couple. But like this is the one that was the most intense um, right. in terms of like what I'm in. What I'm making the assumption of and mind you i was traveling the whole time that they're messaging so sometimes i was present and sometimes I, I really couldn't be present uh right what i'm imagining from this person or assuming and and if, if i'm wrong hopefully they'll correct me in messages later um is that they're they feel some kind of way about the way their blackness is being acknowledged and they want to know like because they have a different race grandparent 
can they maneuver as as men? I got you. I got you. And I, I just think- don't know. Like I don't know if that changes if the if the grandparent is white or if the grandparent is Asian or or what. Like I have no idea if that changes for somebody. Well. So, okay, but they're just, so I got what you're saying. Um, I, of course, want to interview the person, but to get more detail, but in general, what I would say, in general, for people who are wondering, I would say this. First of all, we, we're not, we're, we're not the arbiters and neither right. is anybody else. I feel like running a, a disclaimer across the bottom of the page, like we're regular ass mixed people. Yes. We, you know, Maybe, can we do that? That be your mixed ass self, please. Here's what that means. But anyway, um, but, for the, but because it's a valid question. So I went, so when my son and daughter were growing up, um, they were teenagers and we're living in this very cool, diverse um, town in Northern New Jersey. Um, and one time there was a discussion at home about them calling themselves mixed or one of them calling themselves mixed anyway. Um and I was like, and this is in my memoir, this was a this was a major revelation for me. Took a minute, took a few months, maybe a year. I would say, no, you're not mixed. I'm mixed, you're not mixed, you're black. Okay, so I would that was the int- I was not open to anything. Now, simultaneous to this, I had just gotten on the Facebook. Remember, I'm a boomer, 2008. <laughs> Back when it was boomers- the Facebook. It used to be the you Facebook. No, 2008 to the point where it was on either Time or Newsweek magazine cover. Boomers mm-hmm. are getting on Facebook. Like it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's when all the young people started fleeing, of course, because, we <laughs> but that's okay. My point is I am a boomer. I was getting on Facebook. I was working for a blog at the time. I realized I need to learn this new exotic thing new called, social media, called social media, called social media, you know, on a learning curve. So anyway, I get on Facebook and I'm, you meet, the first thing I do is I find and join 5011 mixed groups. This is a whole new experience for me being in these mixed groups. Okay, it's all it's a new experience for my old behind. I mean, most of the people in here are much younger. So, um, so again, I'm encountering terminology. I'm encountering concepts. I'm encountering conversations and everything else that I've never encountered ever, ever, ever in my life. Anyway, now I'm up fifties at that time. So, my my kids said something about, well, we're mixed, aren't we? I mean, Bobby, your mother, who lived with us, by the way, at the time. Um, you know, she's Jewish and da, 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 da. So again, they were, they were grappling. I was, nope, you're black. Nope, yeah. you're black. You got three black grandparents, da, 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 da. You're black, you're black, you're black, you're black, black. Coming from the concept of blackness that both their, their father, who I was divorced from, but I am divorced from, and I grew up in, and that was simply presumed at the time. It wasn't even anything that was discussed or debated. It just right. wasn't. Okay, so um, and we went back and forth and back and forth. And then thanks to one of these or some of these 511 mixed groups I dove into, um, I learned a new term, which is MGM or multi-generational mix. I was I that exploded my brain. I said, okay, wait, wait, wait. Because of course, right now we're learning about Zoe Kravitz, and you know, there's a whole new layer and level to consider. If one or both of your parents are mixed, okay, so we would do what we would do as a fun family thing. We always talk about race and identity all the time, very comfortably, is I remember um, Halle Berry having her babies, her first mm-hmm. 
How many she got? Two. She anyway. has, I know she's got the one daughter. I think she might have a she son a, too. The daughter with the white model, the French guy, whatever he is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was happening, and so we would we would casually in in watching celebrities or something on TV or something refer to, um, is the kid like a Halle Berry child or mm-hmm. one of the Obama girls? Mm-hmm. So there's, do you have three black grandparents? Oh, interesting. Oh, no. We, my kids and I, that's why I'm so comfortable in these weeds. My kids and I swam around in these weeds, y'all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we were, this was dinner table, honey. This was dinner table. Okay, so all the time, like it was an ongoing discussion. And so, but I was happy because we were having the discussions together. Mm -hmm. And And I was learning from them. So finally I said, well, I just said, I said, you can call yourself mixed. But in my experience, this is important, especially for parents, y'all. In my experience, you're not mixed because your parents aren't two different things. However, they were perceiving while culturally everybody's black, Mm -hmm. they were perceiving not necessarily inaccurately Mm -hmm. my husband, their father, who they, you know, maintained a strong relationship with. And I as two different things. And again, coming up in a time when these distinctions were just starting to be made, were right. just starting to be acknowledged, were just starting to be discussed. So I had to adapt my little self and go, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, right? So does that, all that makes yeah, sense? Yeah, like, it does because like my, my MGM status is different than your children's MGM yeah, status because you, you, technically I have Zoe. more white grandparents than I have brown and black and yellow you know what i'm saying like i have one white grandparent on each side of the family and then i have one black grandparent and one japanese grandparent you have two biracial parents i have two biracial parents so i'm similar to to a zoe kravitz in that i have two biracial parents but but i'm i'm they're different things and their identities within that are different and then my identity is a combination of them and the neighborhood that i grew up in which was predominantly black and so i have more of a black identity um and since i didn't even know i mean minus maybe the five times i ever saw my my white grandfather that's the appalachian white folk um I have no connection to that and therefore can I identify it? Whereas like your children growing up with a bubby, like I understand why they would be like, well, let's not forget she exists. She right, lives at home. Exactly. And it's why I like- don't deny my British side because like when I say that I'm British white, I'm telling people very distinctively the kind of white I had access to growing up was this British woman. Other than that, it was all black. And then on the weekend, sometimes it was Japanese. So exactly. Um, so yeah, all MGMs things, are complicated. <laughs> and I think so for the, the person asking the question, who's the same mix as my kids, but presumably not, doesn't present. I believe yeah. that they did say, and mind you, this is a conversation that's happening over like a month and a half or something like that. I think at one point they mentioned that they're the parent that has the, that it might be biracial ethnically doesn't identify. Like, I think they identify with phenotype. They identify as black. They look yeah. black. They identify. They as look black. black and identify as black. I think that was what they said. So, so you're talking about a person who probably like you identified as black to your children. You had a black husband. They have a black partner. So this person's parents both maneuver and identify as black. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then they're just aware of their non-black grandparent. And again, and this is a presumption on my part, which uh, hopefully they'll clarify if they if they hear that I'm wrong. Uh, th- they're 
something is telling them to say, and I'm going to put this in quotation fingers, like they're not all the way black because they're asking the question, do I get to be mixed? Do I get to claim mixed? Right. And right. so I'm thinking that is having to, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm making the assumption that has to do with stereotypes because the way in which, and I think I was guilty of this when I was younger as well. Like if, if there was a person who was quote unquote blacker than me, but quote unquote acted white, I would, I would question their blackness. Well, everybody that's okay, but that's not, a, yeah, of course. And that's what most people do and did. People yeah. still do that. That's why I said how you, for me, how I present, everybody's like, black people are like, okay, but you black. Or, or are you black? Like you said, flavor, whatever. In the voice, whatever. I love the crawl, by the way. Um, <laughs> I think the thing to say to the person asking the question and to folks in that situation is this. First of all, and you just, you just made this really clear what you just said, Maine, so I'm really glad you said it. For the first time in, again, U.S. history, I think there are times when it's important to be global, inclusive, and diasporic, and and, but I think there's times when it's important to be super specific. So if I want to be super specific right now. In my lived experience and from my understanding of before I was born, um, this is the first time right now is the first time in U.S. history where Blackness is being dissected, debated, discussed, and considered as anything other than welcoming and inclusive to anybody who had any kind or who claimed Mm -hmm. any kind of Black one-drop blood. So for me, one-drop growing up just meant, yeah, girl, it wasn't, it was welcoming. It wasn't erasing. It was I have welcoming. never, and again, it would be different if I were young now. I have never, other than one time by this one woman who was my girl, who was my bully, I have literally never been gate kept out of blackness. Same. Never, 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 never. Now, if you, if people could see me, they'd be that they wouldn't, young people looking at what I look like probably wouldn't believe me. And I could understand it if you don't, but please understand, I have never in my 60 plus years ever anywhere in the world Anyone gate kept yeah. out of blackness. blackness. Yeah. Black, Anybody my age or, or between my age and your age would just yeah. would be like, yeah, you're black. Yeah, you're black. Um, it's people it's probably it. people yeah. 10 years younger than me or so where this is starting to happen. Cause I I'm in, I'm encountering it with people that are in their twenties mm. and or whether I'm seeing it online. Cause I'm not necessarily being gate kept, but I'm seeing it online. I'm yes. seeing like yes. this person thinks they can claim black. And it gets really complicated because it goes to that thing of just like when somebody is liked versus when they're unknown. Yes. So like, let's say all these Blasian singers that are getting popular right now, like her or. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and black people just embracing. They're just black. Right. Just and then embrace. when they come out and say, you know, I'm also Filipino and stuff like that. And you get you, you get the, the two different quadrants. You get the black folks that are probably my age and older that are just like. Yeah, but you're black. Yeah, but you're black. And then you get the ones that are younger. I think there's that middle ground between like my age and maybe your kids' ages that where it's just like, you know, don't deny who you are, da, da, da. And then you get the younger ones that are just like, you're straight up mixed. You're not black. You're not Asian. You're both. You know what I'm saying? And in my case, like, yeah, I'm both. I mean, technically I'm three. I'm a a triple, I guess. Uh, But 
again, this goes why identity is so different. Ethnically, here is my ethnic heritages. Culturally, I am black with at-home Japanese on the weekends. Yes. And kind of at-home Britishness too, right? Yes. Um, but the way I walk around, someone has to tell me they don't see a black person. Mm-hmm. And that changes my day, you know, mm-hmm. because that didn't used to happen. And it's not people close to me. It's always strangers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, I'm not going to trip too hard about it, although it does still affect me. Sometimes it affects my self-esteem a little bit. You know, you try to fight against it, but, like, sometimes it's like, damn, you know. um, Well, it's a form of erasure. It is a form of erasure. It's a form of erasure. In a way that the one drop wasn't for my generation and For my generation. The one drop hasn't been until five minutes ago historically yes five so seconds like, ago five seconds ago historically two years ago or or one year yeah, ago, whenever no that answer. was that you and i did with uh with auntie sonia when you and i did that interview with dr yaba blade that mm-hmm. was the first dose i ever had where like you would gain ire <laughs> from people who were like i cannot believe you are supporting the one drop when we were having a very nuanced discussion about the one right. drop, you know we, we were, were saying yeah. we understand the historical significance and the trauma in which this was termed but yes. in so many things that black people do and have done for at least 400 years of possibly being on this continent yes we have taken something terrible and made it survivable and or acceptable and or livable or whatever you want to describe so yeah black people took this thing that was a terrible way of classifying and keeping oppress uh, oppression and a lack of rights in place and we made it a way to be like your family well so and we were me- family because remember it was a way to designate property i mean let us be clear we yeah. were property property yeah we were property okay we were and so property it's so important that people don't get so triggered by hearing the word before they hear the nuance about the yes. discussion, which I think is what we experienced. And so that caught me off guard. And I think you remember how much I was kind of suffering it where I was like, do I take it down? Do I do this? A, a, a doubt in a way I never had doubt before. Cause you couldn't tell, like, even to this day, even though I went through that patch of time because it was so shocking, you could never tell me I wasn't black. I didn't have to pull out a picture of my dad. I didn't have to do any of that work. My Mm -hmm. voice kind of says it, my, my intonation, my accent, the words that I say, the, the, the vibes. It's just who you are though. I mean, again, it's it's who I am. I can't divorce myself from the fact that I was raised predominantly black. And so that even though I'm technically only a quarter I, my primary my primary identity is as a black person. I do understand that I'm light lighter skinned than what you de- deem as a light skinned black. Okay, person. but that is a brand new but distinction. That's I a di- yeah, that's a different thing. I, in high school, I was considered light skinned. Did you know? No, no, you are light skinned, and I'm light skinned. But that's all. You are a light skinned black person. Yeah. You're not light-skinned and therefore not black. Again, that is brand new. And again, I'd love to talk in the future about the dangers I'm seeing in these distinctions mm-hmm. the young folks are making. Yeah. I'm looking at it like you I all feel like really it was to think about this. Hmm? I feel like it was meant to be born out of inclusivity that just went south so badly. See, you know and what I'm, I'm not saying? sure it was meant to be, but, but we will find out and we will talk about it. Okay. But, yeah. But back to this person, back to this person. So What I would love to say to this person is this, is I don't believe, I believe 
to build on Charmaine's, you know, beautiful, brilliant um, catchphrase and motto, I think that whoever you are in whatever group and or groups you belong to, only you can give yourself permission to claim whatever you claim. Just like I claim black and I claim mixed. Okay. I'm not ever not going to claim one of them. Right. Okay. But nobody has given me permission to do that. Nobody right. can give you permission. There are always going to be people, especially nowadays with this newfound gatekeeping and fractioning, I want to yes. call it. Right. There are always going to be people who are going to say, no, I'm not accepting you as so-and-so. And guess what? Okay. Okay. That's okay. Me. I mean, I am officially IDGAF. Like, that's really nice, darling. <laughs> you talk, you talking more internet speak than I do. <laughs> shorthand, shorthand. Um, it, it's, but again, it, anybody can have any opinion they want about, and I'm just going to speak personally, me and my identity and my terminology mm -hmm. and how I talk and how I look, because all my life, there are people who've had problems with it. Mm -hmm. There are people who think my blackness is performative. They think it's cosplay, but they don't understand the environment I'm from. Yeah. So they see me and they bring all their stereotypes that go with the phenotype. So I must be bougie, a doctor's daughter, the Jewish side. I'm a J Jewish American right, princess. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I'm like, baby, none, literally none of that is part of my experience, which is why I wrote a whole memoir. Yeah. So like, if you really want to know, read this. It's entertaining. And it's a quick read, but uh, because people would be interacting with their own fantasies and stereotypes and mythologies. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, you're completely, and I'm sure you've experienced like n nothing you think is happening. And so the way that I am is jarring and sometimes yeah. throws them into what I call cultural dissonance because they can't reconcile. But my thing is, well, this is who I am. This is who I've always been. This is who I'm going to keep being. So you don't have to grant me, you know, you don't have to um, approve mm -hmm. or you don't have to grant me um, inclusion. You don't have to let me yeah. into your world. If you say, no, Teresa, I can't let you in my world because you ain't blank enough or you're too blank. Cool mm -hmm. me. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, got, I'm not going to fight to be welcome in a space. That, no. That and I will want respect me. your choice. I'm like, baby, that's cool. Go, flow with it. But sure, it's not yeah. going to impact me. And that's what I want to say to this person. And I think that's the essence of being your mixed ass self is we all have journeys and processes and they're ongoing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I certainly thought I would have aged out of all this foolishness by now, but nope, it's apparently. I, you know what? So, I got to say, I did not see lack right? of inclusivity amongst black people coming. No, uh, I didn't either. I didn't see that because I was just like, like I literally to this day will tell a real Japanese person, and I say real in quotation fingers, that I meet out in the world somewhere that I'm Japanese. Watashiwa, hanbun Japanese this or yonbunichi if I'm going real critical, which is a quarter basically. I'll say that, and they'll go like, "Yes, but why do you say you're Japanese though?" Right. And I'll say, you know, my grandmother is Japanese, and they're like, "Yes, again, same question." Why do you think you're Japanese? Were you born in Japan? No. <laughs> There's your answer. You're not Japanese. You know what I'm right, saying? Like they right. have, we're as American born people, we don't understand nationalism in the same way that other countries exactly. deal with nationalism. Cause like even the way we're seeing political nationalism, white nationalism right now is not 
what it's like in other countries. No, um, no, 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 their, really. I, their stronger identity is with country over, over uh, yes. ethnicity. Yes. And so, and so for me, I, I have multiple levels of removal from being Japanese. So I'm not born in Japan. My grandmother left. I'm also mixed, multi-generationally mixed. I don't speak the language. So in those cases, I'm stacking reasons why I'm not Japanese. And I, to this day, I will never be able to convince the majority of Japanese people that I'm Japanese. So why am I going to claim it in a way that doesn't speak true to me? That's why I say I'm weekend Japanese. While yes. it is still important to me that I do identify with my Japanese culture that I did grow up with in my grandmother's house, I know that I will not, even if I moved to Japan today, I would not be able to maneuver society as a Japanese person. But even with my ambiguous face, my ambiguous skin color, my sometimes ambiguous hair, <laughs> even with all of that, I can maneuver black spaces as a black person being seen as a black person. Yep. In, until the young generation showed up. <laughs> this is, this is brand new. And maybe that's a future show. Maybe that's our next show. The other, so I want to give another example that may or may not help. You tell me if this adds anything. Okay. So I'm black dad with, as far as we know, lots of Native American heritage mm -hmm. um, to the point where my black dad looked black, but I look like his mother and auntie. Oh, like you're a skip a generation and, kid. Well, not just that, but um, they look, you know, so. I look like the black, my black grandmother and great auntie, mm -hmm. right? Um, Jewish mother, Ashkenazi and Sephardi. So Jewish identity, Jewish identity, I want to offer this as maybe a kind of example of the complexity of identity. Jewish identity worldwide is every bit as complex as black identity in some ways more so in the fact in the fact that so much of it is codified mm -hmm. and 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 official so growing up my mother who was jewish was not religiously jewish mm -hmm. okay turns out she and my black dad grew up together 100 mm -hmm. years ago redlined into the hood of minneapolis but anyway so she grew up with black people but anyway, um, when Jewish people were not considered white, when Jewish people were not considered white, which is also 15 minutes old mm -hmm. and in this country. Mm -hmm. And so my mother's explanation, that was the simplest part of my identity from day one. What she said to me, and this is traditional Jewish law. It is not universal. Right. And nowadays it's challenged more than ever. And I'll explain why in a second, but it traditionally is super simple. If your mother's Jewish, you are, you, are Jewish. you cannot be denied Jewish identity or entree into Jewish spaces. If right. your mother is Jewish, Jewish, matrilineal, she explained, because you grow and are nurtured in the body, you suckle at the breast of, da 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 da. da. That is how it was explained to me. So there was never any confusion. I'm black yeah. with a Jewish mom. Now, Jewish identity is, I, 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 I visualize it as a grid. And again, these, these categories are official. Yeah. They, they exist. Like it's in, documented. <laughs> documented there. Yes. So there's, there's, um, are you Ashkenazi European? Mm -hmm. Are you Sephardi Mediterranean? Mm -hmm. Are you Mizrahi Mina Middle Eastern North African? Mm -hmm. da, da, da. There's that. Then there's, are you, and there's always new categories being added here, by the way. Are you Hasidic? 
-hmm. like super, super observant, of, you know, very kind of what we would consider rigid. Like orthodox very, or something. Super orthodox. That's super orthodox. Yeah. Then there's regular orthodox. Mm. Then there's conservative. Then there's reform. Now that's what I grew up with. Now there's three four more categories. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm not joking. Like there's new categories. We had there's 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 reconstructionist. There's other ones I can't even remember right now. So I'm picturing the grid. There's you know, mm -hmm. um, Mizrahi, Sephardi, Ashkenazi. Okay, cool. Arya, Hasidic, Orthodox, Conservative. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you observant? Are you are you? Yeah, so the religion playing into the ethnicity oh, is a thing oh, that is different baby. than in other groups. And baby, stuff. you want to talk about, and then one of the reasons that it's your mother thing is getting challenged, and I don't know any statistics, I don't know if they exist, but this is my personal observation, is that relatively few in my observation, I don't, I don't have access to Orthodox and Hasidic, okay? But a lot of Jewish men marry out. Yeah. And when those Jewish men marry out, you can no longer, the Jewish community is going, oh, this is impacting our numbers. Right. This is impacting our numbers. There are fewer of us because they mamas ain't Jewish. Right. Okay. Those babies mamas ain't Jewish. So we got to get a little more flexible on who gets to be considered officially Jew. My point is, that's just an example of one group of people or mm -hmm. many groups of people under one banner. And then you can convert into Judaism. Yeah. You can convert into Jewishness and then people like me and I'm like, yeah, but yeah, okay. That's so, yeah. like, it's way more complicated but when you start breaking down. Blackness. <laughs> yeah. You can't convert into Asian-ness. Mm -mm. You can't convert into any of the other, but I mean, again, possibly the closest would be like South Asians are tied to ethnic groups that are also tied to religious groups and things like they. Well, no, that's true. Jobbies. But, you, even but if, it's if, different level than what you see. If when I you, convert to the religion, I still don't become the thing. You don't become the thing. Whereas like, I don't, I'm is, not culturally, ethnically the thing. I'm yeah. just practicing their religion. We're kind of granted in Jewishness. I'm just trying to give an example to kind of get away from the white black thing for a second. Just Jewishness, which includes white black, all races, all over the world, Uganda, all over the world, Ethiopia, yeah. Ur, Urware, Asia. I'm still learning. I'm like, where did you? Okay. I know you find learning. out that like there's a there's a, a temple in like uh, Vietnam or something like that, and you're just like, oh, oh they make them there place. too. <laughs> South Africa, Urware, everywhere. So everywhere. then you got those folk, right? So my point is, you know, to get, I wanted to get off the black, white binary for a hot second with my own personal experience mm -hmm. that, you know, that's incredibly complicated. Mm -hmm. And again, it's even more complicated than black Americanness. And again, I like to stay specific with blackness right now, because that's not necessarily codified in an authoritarian way. What's still, what is still the official law of this land is the one drop rule, yeah. regardless of how people feel about it. Let us be very 100%. clear. I'm saying this to the young ones who don't like it, who use it as a pejorative and a slur, and that's the worst thing you could think of. And it's racist. Of course it's racist. Every single category, you know, as you know, my memoir has a breakdown of every racial and ethnic category in every census from the first one to the most recent in 2020. Mm. The year the book was published. So let us be clear. There is no official category created and maintained by the U.S. government that is not done so to maintain white supremacy. Let us be very yeah. clear. That's and it's funny. Everything. Because it, it's either to make sure we stay separate or to erase a group. 
Well, like both of those things are the hierarchy. It's to maintain the high the power structure. Yeah, to maintain the hierarchy. But like literally, yeah. like all Asians were considered white at one point, and then right. they became their own category because right. they got they got too there was too many of them. And right. while there is the whole model minority myth that they put on them and everything like that, they there was enough of them that they finally had to literally pass a law to exclude them from coming into this country, the Chinese Exclusion Act. Right. Um, and that didn't even count all the Asians. That was, but I'm sure other Asian groups were affected by it. Yeah. You know, all this other kind of stuff. Whereas now the flip of it is Middle Eastern people are considered white. Even now though they're tech, lobbying, they're lobbying, and they do at least have an acronym now, Mina, Middle Mina, East, North Africa. They, they're so they're lobbying. finally acknowledging the North African, which is brand new. But I feel like the reason why it hasn't happened, even throughout all these, especially the last twenty-five to thirty years of anti-Muslim, anti-Arabic, and Middle Eastern, um, like hate and everything like that was to try to deny their existence and so i think there's a there's both well, of those things happening i agree with you but i think deny their existence but or I deny their them. entry into society as a as a acknowledged group. well there if you're coded as if you're coded as white then things come with that yeah right but literally some of them are super brown <laughs> no, again the the official government categories of whiteness have never had to do with melanin or skin yeah. color or phenotype. Let us be clear. So they're main they're created and maintained to maintain a power a hierarchical power structure. And so my theory, and you could be right and I could be right because you know I believe in and rather than either or in these things. And I think there's way too much nuance for us to just have one opinion like this. Sure, is that yes to deny entrance, but more to the point. And this is the browning of America. And I write about this often. Right now, white America is terrified. White America is terrified because they built a system based on majority rules. Rules, And according to the last census and the census before that and all other scientific reports, there are fewer white babies being born Mm -hmm. and there are more white people proportionately dying. Mm -hmm. And so California is already... I don't use the word minority, and I know people argue about Pac and Bach Pac, but I use people of color because I grew up with it. Yeah. So people know. of the global majority. People of the global majority. There you go. I like that. <laughs> we, can't, we can't make that an acronym quite, but still. Yeah, it's awkward. It's like P O G M. Okay. Pogum. People of the global. Thank you. California, Texas, if not there, is close. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but the point is, white folks are terrified, and if you create a, a, a system. Based on numbers, numerical, statistical my majority, you got a pad. You got a pad. The other thing to remember is, unlike indigenous Native Americans and the African Americans who came, whose ancestors were brought here through the transatlantic slave trade and who endured centuries of enslavement and the aftermath, um, immigrant groups coming here voluntarily Mm-hmm. Can be can be considered differently. Yes, they absolutely so can. The Mina people, the Middle Eastern North Africans, the Asian people, etc., uh, Latin people, you know, who come here voluntarily, they immigrate here voluntarily. One can never di- um, forget the difference. Yeah. Okay, forget the difference. And now, yes, there are black people who come here from other countries voluntarily as well. But again. So there's all those things to consider, right? Mm-hmm. So what I would say to everybody, including the person who's three-fourths this and one-fourth that, 
is nobody can grant you permission. It is your journey that that all these terms are simult. Every single term of identity is simultaneously um, hated and loved by people. No, there's no agreement on a single term other than white. Think about that. There's hmm. no agreement on in black circles. There's no agreement on black or African American. That's true. And in in Latin circles, Hispanic, Latin, Latin X. Okay. Well, they even have their white and black category too. So yeah, right, white, right, right. White, white is always there. That's what I'm saying. But again, um, that's interesting. Within groups, Asians. And you've helped me. I mean, I grew up with a lot of Asian people from different Asian groups, but you've helped me clarify. Like you said, they ain't Asian until they come here. And then they're all putting one big group together. And that's completely ridiculous. Yeah, you're talking right? about I mean, a Samoan, <laughs> a, a, a South Asian, a Philippine, you know, anyway. All, mm-hmm. My point being, the only category that is solid, that nobody debates, that has no nuance or context whatsoever is white. True. Even more so than the word human. <laughs> right, right. Well, we're human. not considered yeah. human. I mean, so yeah, yeah. Like human. white is definitely in white, existence. Yeah. So white is the only one. So if you're if you're anything but white, or if you're white and anything not white, I would say this is your own journey. Nobody can certainly not Sir Auntie Maine and myself cannot right. confer upon you permission or official yeah i know i'm view i view it like almost like the first time it happened to me i because i am british i had this image of like knighting a person like i i w a mix you know whatever because because that's how shocking it was i never i never expected that when i press the record button to talk about what it meant and to be a mixed person and, and to talk about the experiences of a mixed people and, and learn how different we are and how similar we are and all that kind of stuff. I never thought that that would turn into one day and it didn't have, it didn't take long. It was just weeks that someone would turn that around and say, do I get to claim mixed? Here's the reason why I'm asking. And the fact that it has happened so much over the last four years, like I, I mean, I just felt like, whoa did I accidentally do step into something that I never should like how the audacity of me or anything like that but I realize that this has more to do with just human nature than anything else and that is that you want to see somebody that's doing the thing whatever the thing is like to to validate your thing right so if you play basketball and you happen to be in a place where there's a professional basketball player and they're like hey you did a good job then you feel validated in your, in your sport. Right. I think that same thing carries over into, or an artist or anything like that. I think the same thing also carries into the, the, the difficulty of really figuring out your deal when you're a mixed person, because like sometimes the outside doesn't reflect the inside. If my, if I could do what I do in video games, (laughs) which is create a character based off of like customize the character based off of um, what I want them to be like, if I got to create what I look like, I would mirror I would far more mirror a dark skin, you know, 4C hair. Dormelage. Dormal. I would be a dormelage, either bald or not bald. Like that would be a more reflective of what I believe to be the, yeah. the, the highest standard of beauty because of the way that I grew up. Um, what I but what I also feel like I it is it's not 
always the funnest thing in the world to maneuver as a person that doesn't look like how you identify because I have to answer too many questions. And then I also get challenged on why I think the way that I do. And I could be challenged by you're, you're not owning your blackness enough because you're claiming your Japanese and your British heritage or your, um, why yes. are you claiming your black, your Japanese and your British heritage when you're black? Like I, I, I run the gamut of what someone views. And I even now, and this is this modern time, I have people questioning whether or not it's okay for me to identify as a black and a blazing, right. right. you know, or whatever. Um, because they decide that that means a certain thing and that's yes. never happened before. So if I have to sit here and get outsiders to grant me permission, I will lose and gain permission from person to person. From and person I will never fucking let that happen to me. You know thank, what I'm saying? Like, thank you. Never, thank never let another person. And uh, like, did it affect me as a teenager? Absolutely. Did it, has it affected me on and off as an adult? Absolutely. Even in the last two years since the pandemic and having to wear the mask and it being coded for the first time in my whole life as an East Asian person asked if I was an East Asian person and how that sent me into a little bit of a, of, of a spiral, even as I've had those things, I still at the end of the day know exactly how I identify and how I feel. That being said, is it fluid? Yes. Are there times that I feel more Japanese in a moment or more British in a moment than I feel black? Yes. Do all I majority feel all these things are real. The majority mm -hmm. of the time I am a black person who happens to be mixed with both Japanese and white Britishness. I have a predominant black hood culture. So very specific black American hood culture versus just blackness yep. in general. Yep. Um, and, and the way I access my Japanese heritage is predominantly through food and, and media, nothing else, right? Nothing else. Whereas with right. blackness, it's everything. It's ancestors, yes. it's conversations. Yes. It's the interactions between certain members of the community and the hierarchy of aunties and deacons and, you know, all these other kinds of things, right? There's so much going involved. If I let an outsider for one minute, tell me who I get to be, I will lose myself. And so what I, I wanted to do this discussion, I wanted us to have this discussion because I, well, one, you're just a person that I value more than, uh, <laughs> than a lot of people in general anyway. And we do these mixed auntie things, but we're, we're mission aligned in that we want the mixed babies out there to feel confident enough to own themselves and know that it's okay that that shifts, that there's oh, fluidity God, it's gonna in shift. your identity. Yes. So to the, to the most recent person who sent me this message, who um, I will reach out to and to all the other people. And there was another one this summer too. Um, and to all the other people over the course of the last four years and change who have sent me messages about this, be your mixed ass self is not an accident. It came out of an accident <laughs> because I was I was affected by a person in the moment and shouted it out. But it it is such a it's such an important idea because when I say be your mixed ass self, I'm saying you are the foundation of yes. that identity, whatever that identity is for you. Yes, yes I'm a mixed person, but what am I? I'm black then Japanese, then Caucasian British. Like that is how I identify. That's the way I access culture. That's the way I access food. That's the way I access all kinds of things. Yes. So for me, that's what that is. For my brother who shares the same biological parents, it is not in the DNA. same direction and the same exactly. DNA. It is not in the same direction and it may not include all of the same factors, even though we come from the same people. Identity is fluid and more than 
more than anything else, it is individual. <laughs> it is your identity, not anybody else's. So I really, really hope that that's what people get when they listen to Militantly Mixed. And, um, and I just don't want people to suffer that I need somebody else to tell me who I am. I just, I don't want that for anybody, you know? Preach. Preach, Shay, <laughs> seriously. And, and I, yes, that was absolutely what needs to be said. And I just want to add a little bit, the cherry on top of the fabulous dessert is um, nobody gets to tell you about your experience. And, and we've got to figure out a way. And I don't know if we know it, but like you said, we're mission aligned, uh, Saranti Maine, in trying to help other folks um, mix people, but not only mix people, anybody who's going through any kind of this, this version, any version of this, to understand and find ways to validate and honor yourself, mm-hmm. regardless, because I'm going to tell you right now, okay, people going to have thoughts, feelings, and opinions and feel obligated way too often to share them with you. hundred <laughs> percent, right? <laughs> Just... They will feel... They will feel entitled, entitled, and sometimes um, n- need to tell you about yourself, to argue with you about what you are and what you aren't, to not like the terminology, to not like the order you listed yourself in, to not like the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you wear your hair, the mm-hmm. way you whatever. Do you have a tan? Do you whatever? I, I promise you, there are going to be endless infinite numbers of people and so you have got your work is to get grounded and anchored in something mm-hmm. that grounds and anchors you and what i realize is that the presumptive blackness that you and i grew up with for us is an anchor mm-hmm. absolutely 100%. for us it's an anchor it doesn't anchor all the mixed people i grew up with but at the same time we all understood it as foundational Mm -hmm. okay so that i agree with you to every individual it is your journey love it is your journey the terms are always going to be debated dissected and thrown at each other and and you're going to just just figure out what works for you and hallelujah to it changing shifting evolving because that's simply how it is. And that's the world we're in. That's mm-hmm. the space we're in. And that's the times we are in. Okay. That's it. 100%. Yep. Um, so for everybody out there, I hope that this was helpful if you are in this space of confusion. Because believe me, it doesn't matter if you're 12, 22, 44, 65, 72. We all go through it. We all go through some form of this from time to time. And um, and that's why we try to build community so that we can have a safe space to work through it. Uh, so don't forget to continue to follow Militantly Mixed on social media at Militantly Mixed on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebooks. And how do you follow Mixed Auntie Confidential? So on Facebook, you have uh, Teresa Stovall, just my name, or Teresa Stovall, comma, author, if you want my official writer self. And on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Teresa Talks. 
And I'm still working on my TikTok. You're helping me with that. So we'll get to that. Uh, I'm terrible about making TikToks. I'm great about um, stalking people with abs on TikTok. <laughs> is that it? Is that it? And that's, also, that's my entry point. <laughs> yes. And my blog is Mixed Auntie Confidential. So just Google it and then the link will come up. And again, we love all of you so much and love that we're able to create a space Wherever, where folks feel like, and remember, these conversations are brand new. That's the other mm -hmm. thing. You never, maybe if you're young, you don't quite understand. Again, I'm an official elder, okay? And these conversations just started happening a few years ago. And as mm -hmm. Sir Auntie May pointed out, really didn't amp up till two years ago in the post-George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, et cetera, yeah. era. So this mm -hmm. these conversations are brand new. So... I think when we need to bring our questions and we are all processing together, there are no absolute right or wrongs. Mm -hmm. There's no blame, no shame, no judgment, no criticism. To me, that's the beauty of be your mixed ass self. Right. Um, and so one more time before we get on out of here for today, don't forget to be your mixed ass self. Peace, y'all. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.